City Limits. Brought to us by the People's Committee for Melbourne every Wednesday at 9am. City Limits is Melbourne's only hour devoted to our urban environment. To transport and planning and housing issues. To privatisations and our utility services. To building and or maintaining a sense of community. 855 on the AM band, if we can hear it through the noise and find it through the smog. City, City Limits. limits. Okay, City Limits on the air. It's a, um, I can't think what day it is. It must be that's the last Wednesday of the month anyway. We've got no special subject, particular particular subject, but we've got, uh, we've got Dave Kerrin in the studio. I'm Kevin Healy, by the way. Andy Britt's pressing buttons over there so far, superbly again, Andy. Thank you very much. Headphones are done wonders to your, headphones <laughs> are done wonders to your hair, by the way. Ah, uh, I trimmed it a little. <laughs> I'll leave no <laughs> and Dave Kerrin in the studio. Dave Kerrin, I don't think, needs an introduction to 3CR listeners. He's a long-term activist in all sorts of areas. He's been an earth worker for years. He's worked. He's been a union activist, a union solidarity for a long time, Dave. Dear and, old union solidarity. Yes, yes. and uh, these days um, he's also involved, and we interviewed him a while ago, actually, about the um, the campaign to save Victoria Market from Robert Doyle. Mm. So we go to in the second half of the program, get back to that, Dave, and just kind of do an update and catch up with yeah. what's going on. Sure. And the first half, we're going to, um, in about 10 minutes or so, after our initial chat, we're going to um, talk to a woman, Laurie, Laurie uh, Werner, who comes from Lilydale. She... We mentioned a few weeks ago in our opening segment, just little pithy pieces, that the state government is considering privatising the lands office, um, following up South Australia. I'm pretty sure it was South Australia that did the same thing. So you hand over all that information and all that, all those resources to a private company and all the information involved, etc. Mm. Um, and Laurie is a member of the ALP, a long-term member, who assures me she's going to stay there for the rest of her life. And... Um, uh, unlike many of us, of course. But anyway, right. uh, Some of us are dealing with the yes. tent pegs on the outside, but you need people under them. Yeah, and she's, uh, she's leading a fight inside the party to stop that happening. So we'll talk to her about that and why she thinks it's the wrong thing to do. Yep. So there you are, Dave. We'll get mm. on to that shortly. Um, so just to open up, though, and you're co-presenting in the first half. So you co-present, okay. co then you become guest, and so you're everything right, today. Right, that's right. Yeah. But and thanks I, for coming in, actually. I can tap dance as well. Because <laughs> Meg, Meg, our regular, or what, our other two regulars, one's, one's currently in England on holiday, and we're back in a, three or four weeks, and Meg's heading off to America in a couple of weeks, actually, for a month. But she's, she couldn't come in today because, Annie, once again, she's she's got... Work in a coffee lounge or something. Work. Oh. Did you do a day's work this week? Yeah, but it, it was how a do trial. Feel? How, do you, how do you feel? <laughs> Have I'm you not recovered? sure they're going to be calling Privileged? me. I'm still <laughs> crossing my fingers, you know. We'll leave the phone on anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I suppose at the end of the day, the boss said, Look, is that enough, Andy? Would you like a bit more? Or? Uh, they only had me there for an hour. So. And, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> that seems to be against it's probably not. Oh, probably with the shop is, is the award, of course. Oh, well, of course, that, <laughs> that, that, that means he is working if you're working. Working yeah. for that hour, well, right. you're not unemployed. Yeah. By the way, Dave, I haven't poured the tea yet. You want a cup of tea? It's white tea today. Oh, yeah, my word. I'd be loving tea. All right, tart. white tea. Okay, I'll just pour the tea. This is a bit of a ritual on this program, so... That land office thing, you know, I mean, you've got to say, I mean, the developers have been behind the eight ball for a while. It's only fair that they, you know, they get access to... 
A little Melbourne. bit, a little bit of work. I mean, well, wouldn't you think? Well, you look at Melbourne. Yeah. I mean, they haven't had a hell of a lot. No, it's been a rough run for them. Um, mm. Yeah, apart from all those high rises on the landscape. But yes, yes. Apart from that, yeah. But, 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 no, you're right. I mean, I'm not being critical of that. Yeah, <laughs> please, right. please, please. Right. Privatisations work so well. I mean, I, I can't understand why it's been why a anybody. Wonderful. Yeah, that's why that's the government's going well now. Trying to organise electricity prices too. That's right. Like, that's right. They, they keep every week you call them in and say, I'm doing something, I'm calling them in. Well, that's right. well, then there's gas and we do own that, don't we? I mean, we actually own it. It's in the ground, yeah. we own it, but uh, we let these other people take it out and oh, sell it back to us. That's right, and, 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 well, and export it. Export it. I mean, AGL said the solution to the fact that there's a shortage of gas in Australia because they're exporting it all is to import it. Ah. Of course. So we have, they've literally said that. So you have yeah. ships coming one way, bringing it here and going the other way, taking it out. That's right. And, and then uh, and we, have, um, we, we don't have our own seafarers plying the waters. So it's a no, perfect circle. No, that's, right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. No, it's win-win. There's no question yeah, of that. Right. Speaking of win-win, I always, we always comment on the way the Financial Review covers things like during the hurricane recently, it, it's, its headlines were all about the cost to industry and to the gas and oil industry and the fossil industry. It's one comment in sport this week on Monday morning after the weekend of finals was financial bazanza if Richmond wins. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's the story. Uh, Breton circuses. <laughs> well, it worked for the Romans. <laughs> <laughs> so there you are. They've got it all sorted out. <laughs> um, and I just a couple. one thing I just find interesting, there's a, um, a story... Uh, up in New South Wales, they, they've got their Urban Growth New South Wales Development Corporation, which is a bit like our lands thing, where mm. you, give a, you take public land, you give it to the private sector and never think of putting any public housing or anything on it. Uh, but they've appointed a bloke to run it. and they put new, The new chief executive is a bloke called Barry Mann, who's a former Lend-Lease and Stockland executive. So he comes from the industry and he knows oh, all about it. So yeah, yes. that's that's okay. And it's just a headline, um, you know, he's it. Uh, man up. It's a big pun in the head. Man yeah, up, new yeah. cheaper. Yeah, that's, that's a great, great pun, great that's pun. Right. And uh, the federal government, to in its um, appointment to the... Um, Australian Securities and Investment Commission, the next chairperson, because the current bloke, Greg Midcraft, is resigning, they want to appoint a bloke called John O'Sullivan. Um, this is the federal government doing this. He's a long-term member of the Liberal Party, believe it or not. Mm. A, I know you mm. find it hard to believe, Dave, but it's well, a you know, matter of fact. You've got to have objectivity. Kerry Odawai is making the decision, and we'll come to her shortly about Super, too, because she's involved in that. But mm. Um, mm. the point is, remember that situation with Erica Betts and, and company, the bloke called Godwin Greck, who mm. was leaked yes. stuff, and then he was... Uh, it turned out to be a farce, but it, it was part of the whole Turnbull leadership thing at the time, oh, and they attacked Rudd and Gillard and all those people. Mm. And um, anyway, when it was exposed that Grex was, um, you know, was actually fabricating, was actually a Treasury official and leaker, they unearthed emails between him and this bloke O'Sullivan, who was then working for Credit Suisse. Mm-hmm which was the bank chosen to work on Oscar, which was part of the, what was going on at the time. Yes. Now, this is the bloke they're reporting. There's no questions being asked about, you know, is he, is he suitable or anything? A member of the Liberal Party, he's done all that. He's obviously done his apprenticeship. That's great. The ALP in Victoria, thanks to the Herald Sun, which just loves the uh, Labor government here in Victoria, the, mm. the pejorative Dan, mm. um, they've appointed a bloke to be a magistrate down in Gippsland, a bloke called Rodney Higgins. Now, this bloke ran as a Labor candidate in the state election 
uh, and a federal seat of Murray, you know, two totally unwinnable seats. Uh, but they're, they're, now they're attacking this. Even when the opposition and, and the Herald Sun are saying this is a jobs for the boys, it's a terrible situation. Now, it turns out the bloke's a long-term lawyer in the area. He's... Um, He's um, operated in a local legal firm. He he an advisory panel com- and a, and he was appointed by an advisory panel comprising the chief magistrate, current crown counsel, relevant deputy secretary in the justice department, and an independent member recommended Mr Higgins for the role. And he's got a long term history as a lawyer anyway. Um, and now they're screaming and yelling. So mm. in that case, it's a jobs for the boys because they didn't appoint someone who obviously is in the Liberal Party. Yes, that's right. That's right. It would have been only only could have been worse if he was a union secretary. That would have uh, oh union boss. No union boss. That's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, when you say union boss, the word's pejorative. When you say caring employer boss, they're kind, <laughs> that, gentle people. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> You've got to understand these little meanings, Doug. The human <laughs> face of neoliberalism. This is <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> Having sips of our tea now. Um, and then again, another headline in the Herald Sun around the same time: Dan. That's the pejorative. Dan. Spends one and a half billion more on staff. A, a ballooning public service is costing. Now, on the other hand, they complain about the fact that people can't find work. Yes. Now, the fact that they've created twelve hundred and fifty full-time jobs, I would have thought, was worth praising. Admirable, as are a lot of the things they've been doing around domestic violence, etc. But yeah. you know, those stories don't seem to cut through. Yeah. Well, the Institute of Public Affairs, which always has a you know an important view on these things, and we always like to get their view. Yes. They said it was a worrying trend. Whoa. I don't think Victorians would see the benefit in growing an already bloated bureaucracy. Unless it's a private bureaucracy, of course. And that... <laughs> oh, that's OK. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a little different. Because <laughs> that's efficient. But, uh, well, that's right. And we're seeing that now electricity bills. Uh, absolutely. Uh, cheaper. Um, uh, you know, no, ma- you don't need any maintenance when it's privately owned. Oh, no. That, which no, is incredible no. technological advance. I, that's I, I, I would have from day one. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> they had it sorted out before they bought it. That's like the rail stock, yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so I'm glad you, uh, you agree with that and, and appreciate that. Um, now, we've also got another little piece here because NIB, which is the um, a private, in, you know, private health insurance mob, um, now, we mentioned on the program last week, I think it was last week, wasn't it, Andy, about the health insurance mob, that they had a, they came out and said there was no way for the next X number of years that price, the, the prices would have to increase. Your, your, your health, um, the, the cost of, of joining a health fund would have to keep going up and up because the pressures, the pressures were on them. And the same week a headline came out that showed the, the, the big CEOs and big bosses at all the private health funds were getting record Incomes, record salaries. Mm-hmm. Um, so someone's got to pay for that, haven't they? That's right. That's anyway, right. this week, Nib, the boss of health insurer, that's a good boss, by the way. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's yeah. not a pejorative boss. Yeah. The boss of health insurer, Nib Holdings, has put competitors Medibank Private and Booper on notice, saying it is not afraid to spend money to win market share as it looks to dominate the corporate health insurance sector. Oh, and what's that one paragraph say about the state of health in this country and um, the health system is supposed to be free, uh, Absolutely. What does it say? It, it, it gives you a bit of an idea as to they, the way they regard the aged in aged care facilities, doesn't it? Like it's market share. It's not, mm-hmm. they're not yes. these aren't human beings who've dedicated no, and committed no, their whole lives no, to their no. country, their families, etc. No. They are market share. Market share, yeah. Mm. yeah. That's right. Well, that's it. The, um, so that's, that's market share. And it is good to see, though, isn't it, that the... Uh, 
that the health funds are uh, once again um, getting their priorities right, really. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, you have to replace government with something, don't you? Uh, and they're it. That's right. Well, yes. Speaking of replacing government with something, Solomon Liu, one of our very favourite business people, is once again trying to take over more of Myers. Every time you see Solly, he's got this beautiful smile on his face. He's a very happy man. Who wouldn't be with all the money he's got? Um, But I think he's... I disagree with him here because he he said that he attacked the way Myers is being run. It's been suggested he's trying to talk down the share price so he can... But uh, yeah, he wouldn't be doing that. No, no, not selling. Not selling. No. Not selling, no. Uh, but he said it, it's like it's it's like the salvos. It's like the Salvation Army. The way they're running it now. I think that he might have made a mistake here because recently, the Fin Review published the top, I think two hundred or whatever, um, of of companies of private co- private companies and corporations in Australia as to who were the wealthiest, and the Salvation Army was very close to the top. Indeed. I mean, you, you run all those um, yeah. detention camps, you, you've got to make a quid, don't you? Yeah, Solly, <laughs> Solly might consider taking over the Salvation Army, yeah. or the op shops anyway, because that's his go. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. I mean... I just I just disagree with Solly for once on that one. That's all right. Yes, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just noticed also that the um, and it was on the news yesterday as well that the the no case is outspending the yes case, doubling it, doubling it in television advertising. Now one has to ask where the money's coming from. Doesn't mm, it? Indeed. Uh, yeah, I won't tell more about uh, that, but it's just uh, just interesting. I'm going to talk well, about I mean, tea. You I mean, do you want to uh, talk about tea? Want any more tea? No, I'm right. Thank yeah, you. Don't you thank like you. it? No, I'm sipping it. It's oh, okay, it's, okay. it's very nice, actually. It's okay. starting to wake me up. There's a bit of a problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. How did I get here? <laughs> Where is this place? Listen, don't worry. When he wakes up, you'll you'll, you'll realise. <laughs> so far, he's been very really low key for Dave Kerrin. Hmm. <laughs> Sip of tea. Um, there was also an article, um, my local rag this week, and you, you're in Brunswick too, aren't you? Oh, um, yes, yes, the, the, the People's Republic of Mormon. Yeah, that's right. Well, fury over Holocaust comment, and um, it's all, all. this is the front page headline, and the proverbial has hit the fan because um, our socialist councillor Sue Bolton, in um, arguing for Australia Day to be, or Invasion Day to be wiped out in Australia, in um in the in our in our city of Moreland, uh, <clears throat> that it's got the they're all up in arms because she did say that it was like um the Nazi as Germany the the Jew, Jewish equivalent of of celebrating the Nazi Holocaust as Germany Day. She didn't even say Jewish equivalent. She just said exactly the equivalent scenario of celebrating the Nazi Holocaust mm-hmm. as Germany Day, which is sort of just. They've all grown mad. Yes. Um, now she makes the point that if you were, if, you know, the, for the indigenous people, it was just as damaging. Absolutely. And the the analogy, I think, is is quite reasonable, and it's also unreasonable because because essentially, um, one of the um, one of the people says the Turnbull government strongly condemns etc. That that's, um, that's what. Uh, that's what uh, the the assistant minister for border protection said. Where he comes in, I've got absolutely no idea. I suppose you keep the Aboriginals out. I mean, you can try to. Um, but the bloke from the um, Anti-Defamation Commission Jewish Community Group said, when will elected officials like Ms Bolton understand that it is never acceptable to abuse and manipulate the Holocaust in an effort to beat down and demonise her opponents? So that doesn't seem to be what she was doing. Well, it, it was in fact, the, the exact reverse of that, surely. It was, it was trying to yeah. um, represent 
First Nations and Indigenous people in her electorate, and she was making the valid point that it was a holocaust that yeah. was carried out around parts of Australia at least, where yeah. there were massacres right up until the 1930s. Um, and you would think at a time when Nazis have gone back into the German parliament for the first time since 1945, that there'd be a little bit more that you know, you'd be wanting yeah. to comment on. Yeah, you would think so. You would definitely think so. But uh, anyway, that's that's the case. And uh, and of course, it is good that Moreland, although they're still going to have an, a ceremony, which is a bit of a nuisance, but uh, nonetheless, yes, naturalisation ceremony. But never mind. But but uh, yeah, anyway, that's that's the case there with that little lot. Um, this is encouraging news, though, and what a pity Meg isn't here because she could have, uh, she would have appreciated this and loved it. Um, Julie Bishop, our foreign minister. God Met Ivanka Trump. Um, that, that wasn't meant to be. I didn't mean to say that. Ivanka Trump last week. That was awful, wasn't it? <laughs> Ivanka Trump last week um, at the UN, and they they got together. And in fact, they sat down with um, Twiggy um, with Twitty, Twitty, oh. Twitty Forrest, uh, uh, oh. and to talk about ending slavery in the world. Well, good luck with that one. Yeah, they, they didn't mention wage slavery, but... Uh, well, well, see, the, U, the UN's come out and said it's the... I think it's the third largest industry in the world now, slavery. And in Libya now, in the market, they use the uh, the slave block again, selling human beings on the block. God, yeah. So that, yes. was the, that was the great liberation. Behind yeah. that health care card, or the, that, I don't know... Healthy living wage card thing, isn't he? Twiggy yeah, Twiggy's, that's one of Twiggy's as well. Yeah, Bastard. that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, they all got together and they're having a, they're attacking. But anyway, uh, Julie says, um, and this is great news. Australia's aid program focuses very much on the empowerment of women and girls. They make up half the population. That well, she's observant, isn't she? Mm. They are an invaluable resource to drive economic growth, which is what it's all about. I mm-hmm. mean, women aren't there for any other reason than to drive economic growth, as all of us are. We should. That's what we should all be doing. And yet, there are many barriers in their way. Ivanka Trump is also very keen to work with us, promoting female entre- entrepreneurship. And I hope we are able to undertake a number of initiatives with her in that regard. So I think women mm. must, around the world must feel wonderful now to know that Julie and Ivanka are taking up the cause. Mm, absolutely. Yes. Uh, you know, you go... Well, uh, you've got to get the equation right, of course. The first, the first part of the equation is uh, bombing. You bomb the country and yeah. the women in it and the yes. children. Yes, and, and, and the wedding and parties. That's that, right. That, that, that stops new terrorists being born. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. And then when, when you create refugeeism, you lock them up in detention uh, and then you mm. meet at the UN and you talk about, um, you know, empowering women. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's almost... Uh, Gosh, that's that's Utopian. almost calculus, Utopian. isn't it? <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> yeah, it is calculus. You're right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, you know, it's uh, it, it, yeah. But you've got to really think it through. To, but but when you get it, you begin to understand. Yeah. yeah, they're sort of related to calculus in that those people are always very calculated in what they do, aren't they? Well, yeah. well, you know, seriously, like they are bringing together two of the world's largest industries now. The largest one being the military which means, of course, we have to keep feeding that military machine so it's permanent war. And slavery, of course, as we free up clerico-fascists and others, they are reintroducing these, yeah. you know, these, yeah. um, these horrifying oppressive habits. So, mm. Yeah, we've certainly done a magnificent job liberating those countries in the Middle East. Of course. Oh, it has not worked well. Oh, superb. Gosh, superb. You know, well, well, George W. said it was... T- 2003, wasn't it, when George stood there and said, mission accomplished. He did, he did. And what he meant by that was, given that the repair is the largest 
growth area in the world economy. Yeah, well, yeah. there you've got the complete, you know, yeah, yeah, bomb them and rebuild. It's still doing. Jobs. Still happening. There's jobs. Still happening. Yeah. Okay, look, we'll take a break, Dave. We'll take a break. Come back and we're going to talk to Laurie Werner about this lands department business. Good o. You're invited to the Indigenous and Grassroots Movement Solidarity Gathering on the 7th and 8th of October at the Victoria Trades Hall in Nam, Melbourne. Speakers from Latin America, so-called Australia, West Papua, Aotearoa and other communities will come together to share their struggles, setbacks and victories. In two days of speakers, workshops, stalls, music, food, discussion, building bridges and more. The 2017 Indigenous and Grassroots Movement Solidarity Gathering, October 7th and 8th at the Victoria Trades Hall. While colonialism, capitalism and neoliberalism are global, so is the resistance. For more information, including donations and how to volunteer, email lasnet.solidarity at gmail.com or call 0425 539149, a 3CR supporter. G'day, this is Jacob Grech. Starting in October, I'll be hosting a Friday rave here on 3CR. Each Friday, a different guest and I will be bringing our kitchen table analysis of a political issue of the week into the studio and relentlessly pulling it apart with a slant you won't find anywhere else. So make sure you knock off in time to grab a beer before five from Friday the 6th of October when my first week's guest will be Felicity Ruby here on Community Radio 3CR. OK, on the line we've got Laurie Werner. We mentioned at the start of the show Laurie is uh, taking up a campaign inside the Labor Party to fight a proposal that's being put forward, I think, by the State Treasurer um, to privatise the lands department and all that it does for people. And uh, Laurie, um, I've got Dave Kerrin in the studio with me, by the way. Um, Megan, Good day, Megan, I mentioned to you, um, couldn't come in today. She's actually working, which is ridiculous. Um, <laughs> so, Laurie, um, why have you taken up this campaign? Well, I've been I've been working in um, the settlement and searching area for a long, long time, and I've come to appreciate how important the land titles office is and how important it is to the people of Victoria. Uh, it is the registry of all the land interest in Victoria, and I think it's vital that that remains in government's hands. Why? Why, why would a private company running it um, cause problems? Well... The point is that public servants are under a very strict obligation to keep all information in their care in in extremely high confidence. Uh, now, we can't be sure how strictly that would be monitored inside a private company. Uh, the, the standards are not the same as with government. And the point is, land in this state is the biggest investment that we have. And it has it has to be looked after by the government. It can't be held in private hands. There, there can't be a vested interest or a perceived vested interest in the registry of land. Mm-hmm. You and Dave, you going to... yeah. I mean, I, I think it's just it's just such an obvious thing, isn't it? When you when you hear that, I mean, the idea that if if you develop a, a contractual relationship with that private company. You, you, by the nature of the private market, you are then in a privileged position that others don't share. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and and there's yeah. Well, this point about private. Why do you um, you suggest that a private company uh, getting hold of that information uh, 
takes, in fact, the, the privacy out of uh, what is now a private situation. Um, uh, would there be guarantees in the thing, or we, don't, we just don't know that? Well, the, the whole point is that um, the, the temptation would be there for a private company because their main aim is profit. Mm. So they would be driven by profit, making the most possible profit out of their outlay to, to take up this contract. And one of the ways that they may well profit is via direct mail people who want to, for example, find out who uh, has more than three mortgages on their property so that they can directly mail them out you know, new lending ideas and things like that. Yeah. There's also areas like property settlements that happen. Family law comes into that, it as well. Yes, yes. Um, that sort of stuff um, probably should not be in private hands. Oh, absolutely not. It's the most private information you have. Uh, yes. You don't want the, the world to be able to profit out of your misery. The other thing too, I guess, is the fact that, you know, with any privatisation, the prices go up. So uh, that, yes. those prices will then be pushed out through various industries, and uh, you know we'll see we'll see people pushed further out of things like the housing market. Yes, that's exactly right. At, at a time when housing affordability is at its worst, the very worst thing you can possibly do is add on add on fees for just the purpose of um, going entering into a contract. Yes. Mm. Laurie, yeah, just to, for people who don't know, the Lands Office, just what services does it provide? Just tell us a few of them. Uh, the Land Titles Office land is titles the registration office. service for all land. So it registers your interest on the land, your mortgagee's interest on the land, any changes in that land, um, plans of subdivision, um, creations of easement, all sorts of things like that. It is the registry of who owns what in this state and what the status of that land is. Mm. Yeah, so there's information there that if, if, if developers were able to get to certain pieces of information, it would be a great benefit to them, for instance. Well, yes. I mean, developers can get the information, but they have to do it on a case-by-case basis. Yeah. What I'm actually concerned about is somebody having control of the information that could gather that into a group. So, for instance, I'm more concerned about direct mailers to things like mortgage brokers and and lending firms and things like that. Mm. What I'm really impressed with in relation to what you're doing is is that it's just such good, you know, social democratic policy. It's so clear that, um, you know, the public institutions act as a weight on the economy, which means that everybody gets you know, ideally gets equal access to information and resources and services. Um, the, you know, when you, when you start to privatise sections like that, as we saw with power and transport, we see the prices rise, but we also see that, that capacity for people, ordinary working people and their families, to share in the economy is reduced. Yes, that's right. That's exactly right. Yeah. Laurie, there's a... There's a there's a, there's a piece of law called in, Indefeasible, um, yeah. which I never quite, I don't think I ever quite mastered during my very brief law career <laughs> at Melbourne. But uh, the um, but it, it does, um, 
it does give guarantees about being cheated in these sort of deals, etc., which the state gives under 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 the Act, which um, which this lands titles office operates under. You're suggesting, I know you wrote something about, it and I read that um, a private sector might not give that ga- same guarantee, and people could be left being cheated and being left carrying the bill. Mm. Uh, yes, it's, it's very hard to see how a private organisation would be able to give that guarantee at the same level that it currently is. They would have to give some sort of guarantee, but the prospect of it leading to long, drawn-out legal cases is very, very real. Mm. Uh, currently, the government accepts that if you have purchased the property in good faith, that you should not lose out if, it, if it's later subsequently discovered there's been a fraud. Mm. And the person who has been defrauded, they, have, uh, they are covered by the government guarantee for the fraud that they have suffered. Mm. Um, you know, obviously they, mm. they need to establish that it, it was a fraud that should have been picked up by the Land Titles Office. However, indefeasible title means that you are entitled to believe what you read on on the title search. You are entitled to believe that you are purchasing the property from the person who uh, who has the right to sell that property. Yeah, and all the other factors in relation to the property are true, what's up, whatever you're That's told. That's right. Yeah. That's right, mm. yes. Yeah, and, and you're suggesting that a private... Well, the private company will probably, or one suspects knowing how they operate, they'd probably try and pass that cost on to the state even though they get the profits from the whole thing. Well, that's exactly right. But the, the point is that if the state is not in control of the register, mm-hmm. the insurance to cover that would cost a lot more because you it's very hard to guarantee something you're not in control of. Mm. Um, and also, the level of the guarantee would drop because obviously the state would be holding the private company responsible for any errors on their part. Yeah. And what what's behind all this? I'm, I believe it's the treasurer, Tim Palace, who's the main person pushing for this to be privatised, but why? Well, I really am a little bit at a loss to explain this. The only thing I can think of is that they're, what they're trying to do is get some cash assets in to spend on other in- infrastructure. But I, I think it's just um, a false economy to do that. Um, governments can borrow at a very, very competitive rate mm. for infrastructure. And the, the point is that the Land Titles Office is the second largest earning um, entity of the state government. It brings in $300 million a year. Crikey. Once you've sold that... In a very, very short time, the cash you've realised from it has run out, yeah. and then you don't have that asset any further. Mm. Yeah. Yes. That, that probably explains, of course, why the private sector is drooling and wants to get hold of it. Mm. And, uh, and it'd be $300 million plus, because as Dave said, they'd, they'd soon put the, all the prices up, so they'd be making Oh, yes. Yeah. Mm. yeah. In New South Wales and South Australia, the prices went up immediately. In Canada, the prices tripled. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a funny thing, isn't it? You know, when they privatise, they always run this argument about competition. But an organisation yeah. like that, who yeah. is it going to be competing with? Uh, so, well, so that's, just, it's a monopoly. It's, it's a, a private monopoly. monopoly, that's right. Yeah. 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 But we were told also that um, we had to break up the uh, Gas and Fuel Corporation and the SEC because they were monopolies. Mm. And, uh, mm. and so now we've just got a, few, a couple of private 
duopolies anyway, essentially, or perhaps triopolies or something. Well, but, actually, uh, you raise an interesting yeah. point there yeah. because the the you know the minute they privatised coal, then you had a competitor renewables, and I would suggest that's the mess we've been in ever since, mm. where where they see this competitor as something they've got to crush, yeah. so they use their political allies in the form of Abbott and Turnbull to, yeah. you know, so uh, how long before we saw we, we'd see. You know, the argument run by the Institute for Public Affairs that there needs to be another organisation set up that's dealing with it, you know. Well, the classic was Qantas because the government at the time, it was a Labor government, unfortunately, it said that the government didn't have the capital to invest to compete with other international airlines and so it had to be privatised for the private sector, which was more efficient. But then when a competitor, it was Singapore or or Etihad, one of those, Emirates or one of those, wanted to compete with Qantas after it was privatised on the on its lucrative uh, Pacific route, the excuse that Qantas gave for opposing it was the others were, were publicly owned and had an advantage. That's so right. um, that's how's right. that work out? <laughs> yes, that's right. It's, uh, just, it just, it's, it's amazing, it's isn't it? It's an absurdity. Yeah. Laurie, what are you, this campaign you're running, how are you running it? And, um, and how, how serious do you think the government actually is? Well, I'm not sure about that. I'm hoping that um, this is just a thought bubble and I'm hoping that it won't proceed. What I'm doing is talking to solicitors who are my clients. I have lots of solicitors that are my clients and other solicitors that I run into, none of whom think this is a good idea. Um, And I'm also talking to other people in the property industry and obviously I'm talking to branch members of my own party. Mm. Yeah, because I mean, the, certainly we presume the the ordinary people of Australia who just buy their one house to live in are going to be the people who are going to suffer from this in the long term as prices go oh, up. Oh yes, that, that's exactly right. But the other thing is, and this this is something that needs to be really really pointed out: land investment is the biggest investment that we have in this state, and the reason for that is confidence, yeah, confidence yeah. in the land title system. If you start to erode that confidence, people will stop investing mm. in land. Yes. Yeah. Well, we've seen it when they when they effectively privatised uh, things like uh, building inspectors and planning inspectors, etc., and the private companies, and they go to one of their choice, and we're seeing things like this whole cladding problem and all other other mm. things that have arisen out of handing that over to the private sector. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Absolutely. And then and then when the unions come in as regulator, because there isn't one any longer. Or at least not one that's you know able to keep up with the work. Yeah. Um, special laws are introduced to keep that's, the unions from. Right. from well, doing. Yeah, yes, it's a bit of a right. joke, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Interfering those union bosses again. Yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's right. right. Terrible. Oh, yes, those, those terrible people that look after people's yeah. life and yeah. safety at work. That's, that's right. right, and get fined for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, the employer who actually kills them gets um, a much less fine for. Uh, yeah, $50,000 fine or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's for, right. For, that's for right. killing them. But uh, mm. as I, someone, I think it was, oh, I know it, who said it, Karl Marx said, of course, murder isn't murder when it's done for profit. And uh, yes. yeah. that yeah. sums it up, doesn't it? That's right. It's economics. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Laurie, but so you, the campaign goes on. Um, well, good luck with it. Yeah, well Thank done. Thank you well very done. much. Yeah, well done. Yeah. And what sort of rea- you, what, what, the reaction from the party members, I imagine... The party membership would be pretty up in arms about it. Oh, yes, yes. I've got a lot of support within the party, so um, we're really hoping that we can nip this in the bud. Yeah, Mm. okay. Mm. And if people want to get in touch or get involved with it, um, is there a contact? Uh, Yeah, I I won't 
put it over air, but um, I'm happy for you to uh, give my... You've got my email address, haven't you? Um, I haven't got it in front of me, actually, but um, can you give that out? Do you want to give that out? Email address? Oh, not not over air. No, No. okay. Well, look, I'll... um, No, I haven't got it in front of me, actually, as a home, so uh, no. When I I hang up, I'll I'll give it to you. um, Okay, yeah. Yeah. We'll get back to you on that anyway. Okay, look, I'll get it. We'll get back to you on that, and we'll give it out um, to people who want to know. But you know, all I bought him was your mobile number, actually. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Well, look, thanks, thanks, Laurie, for your time, and uh, and good Not luck a with problem. the campaign. Good okay. on you, Laurie. All Radio. right. Thank you very much for the call. Right. Okay. Thanks, Bye. Right Bye. Okay, Laurie Werner there, who's uh, involved in uh, in that campaign, and it is. I mean, it is outrageous that they go here. Yeah. Oh, look, all power to, to her arm. It's, uh, yeah. it's fantastic that Laurie's taking this up. Yep. Uh, and you raised that point about uh, people going to, um, you know, unionists going to jail or being fined, etc., if they take up uh, important issues. Mm. Uh, interesting, an interesting balance here. Um, you've probably noticed in the last couple of weeks it's been that McDonald's and the Shop Assistance Union, one of mm. the great unions of this country, Indeed. have done a deal where workers receive $5 an hour less than the actual award um, at weekends, mm. and it's about $1,800 a year if they work all the time. They lose. Mm. Uh, but the, it's, a, it's, it's a lovely situation where, you know, we, we always like to see, as Bob Hawke wanted us to get together and see employers and, and bosses, um, employees and employers get together. And, and, and they do because one of the conditions is that whenever an induction takes place or a new worker comes on, the union has to be there mm-hmm. to sign them up. So you sign them up to pay their union fees so you negotiate to down their, lower their pay. It's, it's a good yes, system. Yes, well, that's right. It's the, it's the, uh, the, these are um, neoliberal unions, of course. Like, the, the, you know, this is, this is the thing where you reflect the employer back to themselves. Mm-hmm. You're a corporation, as they are. You negotiate with them as a corporation, and uh, the members are um, market share. (laughs) (laughs) But it's interesting, in this case, the the employer actually cooperates with the union to make sure that all the workers are in the union, Mm -hmm. because then the the employer gets the win-win in that they don't have to pay the award rate, they pay the negotiated rate. Uh, Yet if... Say the construction union, let's just pick a union out of the hat, went along to a building site and said, we demand that every worker on this site be in the union, they'd be dragged before the court and fined for that. Well, it's called no ticket, no start, and it is, you're correct, it's illegal. And if the employer cuts a deal with the the union to say, well, look, you know, I believe we can cooperate rather than, you know, be in permanent class war, um, that's illegal. So, so you, you know, you have to wonder what's going on here well, well you know and and it, and it really is about ideology in the end isn't it it's mm. about the fact that the shop distributor and allied union always have um and still are uh, in ideological agreement with governments and employers and of course they'll they'll be able to do things that you couldn't do in construction legally yeah mm. and, and the the end result of that and we know we know there's, there's so few people in unions these days which is dreadful but one of the one of the outcomes, surely, is that if young people go along, they're, pay, they're forced to pay a union fee, they find out they're getting ripped off and learning less than they should, mm. thanks to the union, then when they move on and get into a 
proper job somewhere and, mm. and there's a union approach, they're, they're less likely to want to join a union at that point, isn't it? Exactly right, because their experience has been entirely negative. And, and again, you know, one word springs to mind and that's grouper. Yes. You know, it's that, it, that's where they come from, it's who they are. Mm. Um, you think back, and you know, the Cold War, they played a, a major role in cooperating with um, the wrong side of history in that Cold War. Uh, you know, various free such and such associations held their their offices at the the shoppies building. Um, you know, they cooperated with people like Kerr in 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 the coup. Um, this is their history. How come yeah, no one and knows? Just for listeners, I've mentioned the word so I was in young listeners. Going to know, young people have got no idea what I'm talking about. Back in the days when Bob Santa Maria and the the ALP split of the fifties, um, and the Democratic Labor Party came out of that. The, the forces of Santa Maria were known as the groupers, and that's, that's, uh, they that's, were the, that's they were right. the extreme right wing anti communist group who uh, took them on. Yeah. That's that's right, and uh, you know you, you saw mm. in a massive mm. presence on their part in the power industry in places like Latrobe Valley. You saw them um, scoop the field using the employers, and the employers using them in white collar work. Mm. So it's it started back then. They're the roots of it, and then. With the BLFD registration and the attack on uh, meat workers and airline pilots, etc., when the Hawke government came to power, there was a big dispute within the Labor Party about taking those grouper unions back into the mm. Labor Party. And, and, uh, and again, yes. that's part of history people know. Tomatoes want. at 100 paces at yes. Coburg Town Hall. The tomatoes uh, left. Tomato Lynn, left, yeah. Lynn, who could not hit a dustbin from an inch, hit the bloke right across the room between the eyes with a <laughs> rottenest tomato. She bought them up the road here when there was a fruit shop, and by Sunday they were just leaking. She, she, she bought the <laughs> you could find. <laughs> yes, well, they now run the party, so they haven't done too well. Yeah, and we, <laughs> out the front, we had a copper that used to reside on my front veranda till my Greek neighbour asked, could I possibly move it? Um, and um, it was draped out, so it was draped in black, and we'd put, uh, they're dead, but they won't lie down. And yeah. Alec Hutchison was playing the glass post on the clarinet next to the coffin <laughs> yes. as they came in. Yeah. That was a... That was the end of most of us in the ALP, that wasn't it? Yeah, indeed, it was. A, it was. A, it was a pivotal point in Australian history, and and I guess that you know when we talk about unions, and I guess understanding those histories, that's probably something that we've really got to put a bit more focus on. Yep. Look, we'll take a very quick break. Come back because we've only got a quarter of an hour left, and we're going to talk to you about the update on what's happening at Big Market. Beauty. G'day, this is Jacob Grech. Starting in October, I'll be hosting a Friday rave here on 3CR. Each Friday, a different guest and I will be bringing our kitchen table analysis of the political issue of the week into the studio and relentlessly pulling it apart with a slant you won't find anywhere else. So make sure you knock off in time to grab a beer before five from Friday the 6th of October when my first week's guest will be Felicity Ruby here on Community Radio 3CR. Okay, we're back on City Limits and we're with Dave Kerrin today who's co-presenting. He's now going to take off his co-presenting cap and uh, put on his uh, his guest cap. And uh, Dave, Vic Marker, we talked to you some time ago. There was a rally a few a bit after that that I went to as well and you were there, obviously. And um, and I heard um, I heard uh, Phil Cleary on one of our programs here the last week or two also updating us a bit mm, on it. But mm. what's happened? Because, um, well, let's just tell people what... what um, Doyle has in mind because I think mm. we all love the big market and yes. you know, let's and the you know I think the worry 
I certainly have because I go there pretty well every Saturday. Mm. I used to meet you there so yeah. years ago. We used yeah. to occasionally, and shows how young we were then, we'd occasionally end up in the pub over the road at that yeah. stage. <laughs> the store. That's right. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, the, uh, but the ambience of the place is wonderful, and the real fear is that being changed. That's right. Um, you know, it's, it's that sort of... Um, the, you know, when you get to know the storeholders and their families, and a lot of them have been there for generations, of course, um, there's, there's a sort of a, I don't know, like a, almost an anarchic type of, um, in the good sense of that word, type of atmosphere and culture um, and, and, uh, at, at the market. And, and, of course, that's what makes it work. You get there and it's, it's like this space that um, it, it's warm, it's, it's, you get to know people in that space, all of mm. the things you can't do. And there's regular like storeholders that I go to for particular things that's that I right. know. There's, the, there's right. the peanut butter, the honey woman, yeah. and there's certain, I buy certain fruits at certain stalls. Exactly. Yeah. You yeah. know Michael Kafer, you know, who um, actually stood with Phil in that, in that council election. Mm. Um, I saw Michael... Uh, just after he was born, and uh, and and now he runs the bread shop there. So, you know, yeah, it's it. You don't get that anywhere else, of course. And it, it, it it's it's that word community. And uh, for for a good half dozen uh, suburbs around the market, at least, uh, and now all the city dwellers, um, it is it is a major part of our community. It's that point you 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 know each week around Thursday. You start thinking, oh, good, I've got the market coming up on Saturday, and it's a chance to meet friends and. Uh, family, you know, people get get jobs out of going there because they hear about things. So, there aren't many spots like that left, no, and, and um, it's a great tourist attraction. I mean, it, it makes is. money. It's a tourist attraction. It's it's one of the big ones in Melbourne. Well, indeed, and 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 if you look at what you know the 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 the, the you know I would suggest billions of dollars that it puts into the Melbourne economy because it's not just the you know it's not just what gets delivered in and then gets sold to the public. It's far more than that. It's the fact that people come there and then they. They spread on out either to the footy or, or the pitches or wherever. So you know, it's it's it, it, yeah, people have have, uh, have come together and said, let's let's try and do it the right way. So uh, politicians and and uh, Doyle and that said, well, look, um, there, what's your alternative plan? So in the end, people get together and, and volunteer. And John McNabb, a brilliant architect, comes consults that magic word, which didn't happen with the Doyle plan. Um, not on any scale, and over. Any and we haven't quite explained that, but Doyle's plan is massive overdevelopment, a massive underground car park and refrigeration, yes. which means it stops being a fresh food market. That's right. More um, the massive, the high-rise development is almost irrelevant in some ways, but it changes the sheds, and those some of those wonderful sheds come down, and they say they'll be recreated, but well, they're riveted. You see, they're not bolted, so because they're raised, they're they're a riveted uh, uh, building. So you you know you. you once you once you pull a rivet out, you're not going to put it back the way it was. That's just mm. a fallacy. So, so yeah, that's right. You, you you go from your fruit and veg, which would have been you know three days old in many cases, up to you know six weeks because of the refrigeration. So it's not what people go to the market for. Mm. And uh, so they they put a plan forward. Doyle and his his uh, developer mates have got a plan there that that hasn't been consulted properly with with the storeholders and traders. Storeholders and traders at at the request of everyone eventually get a plan done and the plan is then completely ignored. So, you know, people have had it now and what we're going to do is in in October and we'll be using 3CR as one of the ways that we we want to build this, we're going to have a a Saturday where we we carry out a community picket and uh, we are going to recruit to that picket 
and then when the work is really on, they want to build this glass house down the centre of the market, we are going to stop that work. Mm. So we'll be asking people then to join us, put their bodies on the line, stop this this, this nonsense and look at um, the much cheaper, more viable option where stallholders and traders cooperative, uh, which is being established as we speak, um, greens the market up with biodigestation, um, uh, more photovoltaics on the roof, um, wind power and battery storage and we look at a microgrid at the market so we value add on the waste and we start a process off where citizens of Melbourne can join that cooperative if they can't afford to green their own residences up and we can over a period of years uh, you know, green the city. So, so looking at playing a role that the market's always played and building on the way in which it normally does that into an even brighter future than the one that and, and and really, I mean, it doesn't need much. I mean, surely, as it is, it's wonderful. If there's bit, if it's people say, well, it might need a bit of renovation because it might, you know, it yep. might be falling down somewhere or something. Just do a bit of that. Just keep That's making right. sure you maintain it. But That's right. it really only needs to be maintained. Doesn't well, it, it does. It's a little bit of work, as you say, around weatherproofing and that, but also to market, to market it, to, to advertise it. You know, all these free market. I mean, the only free market I want to see is the Vic market. I mean, that, get out there and bloody management at Victoria Market and do your bloody job. You're meant to be there to, to, to sell it to people and give them reasons to why they want to come to the market. The only thing they're doing is the night market because they see that as a wedge against the daytime market. Now, you know, that's a politically motivated decision. In what way is that a wedge? Well, because they're building up, you know, they'll get 30,000 people coming in on a, on a Wednesday at the night market and say, see, this is what people want. They say they want these pop-up things. They don't, you know, they're not interested in any longer. Look at the numbers during the day. Well, that's because they've deliberately run it down. But also, if you added up all the people who come on, on the three days it's open through the week, mm. or four days is it now, but... Um, then you probably add up to 30,000. Well, you would, but you'd have many, many more if they ran the campaign advertising the sorts of things that, that often, you know, especially younger people, are unaware that they can do and, and, and the services they can receive at the market. So they just don't do that. They just don't do it. And so the stallholders mm. and traders have been at them literally for years saying, you know, do your job, put your... So they basically treat the stallholders and, and, and traders... How are they, they in this case? Probably? So it's it, it, Queen Victoria, QVM Management... And, and, and they are responsible to Doyle. Um, so QVM uh, Management Proprietary Limited is responsible to Doyle. Um, but when you look at the handover in 1996 from the federal government, th- th- it was fairly clearly outlined there in those letters. And then pr- uh, subsequent mayors backed it up that the QVM management was there to for two reasons. One, to serve the stallholders and traders and two, the consumers. And, uh, you know, clearly they've done neither. We've got stallholders can't sell and they can't invest. Mm. So they're closing up. I mean, there are, there are half empty sheds up there now. Yeah, I know. It's, it's Yeah, there's a whole strip along that um, that side, the Victoria Street side, the, mm. that's whole, that whole row along there mm. on the right-hand side is totally empty. Now. That, there's a bloke right. flogging mussels or something. That's right. That's it. But, and while we've been trying to talk to them, they've just, every day, they've been out there running the market further, further down. So we're saying, well, stuff that. There's just no value in talking to these people. We've actually got to start winning it where we figured we'd always win it, which is mm. on the pavement. So how do people get involved in this October activity? So um, the uh, Friends of the Queen Victoria Market um, web book, uh, website and a uh, Facebook page, rather, that, that'll give all the details. But we'll, as I say, we'll be running ads in the build-up to the probably around mid-October. We'll be doing the, the uh, dry run on the community picket. 
Uh, and then and what's the picket going to do? I mean, who's it, well, who's it keeping out or in? We're going to stop the work. Oh, I so see. So it's the actual work. Okay, yeah, right, right. Yeah. When right. they try to build that glass house, well, <clears throat> we're going to stop it. So it'll be a 24-7 picket. We'll be asking people to rotate around So we can <coughs> walk, we can, but we shoppers can walk through the picket and scab and go to the stalls who want it. I know, we'd be, we'd be advising that. <laughs> it's, the work, it's the work on uh, constructing anything inside the, the perimeter of the market. So not the Mercat development, et cetera. Mm. That's, you know, we can't fight every battle. That's now been won. And, and that's the high, massive high rise at the other end, of the, near, the, near Queen Street there. At the 120 metres, yeah. yeah. And it'll yeah. sort of, it'll stagger down from 120. Um, look, the reality of it is most of it will be residences. Um, they'll shop at the market. So for a bit of shading, I guess, you know, you win some, you lose some. But that footprint, which has already been hacked over many, many decades inside the market, we, we are going to defend it. Mm. Well, that's that's excellent news then. Uh, and how big is that? I mean, when you say the picket line, is there massive support for it? I hope there is. Because like, well, most of the traders, of course, have joined the union now, haven't they? Well, yeah, around 300 of them joined the National Union of Workers. Yeah. So, um, however, a lot of them, as I say, have actually had to fold. And uh, so a deliberate strategy of, you know, death by a thousand cuts. Mm. Uh, but look, uh, Friends of Queen Victoria Markets had up to 40,000 people looking at it. So... Uh, uh, as as the community finds yeah. out that picket's there, I'm I'm confident it'll build, it'll grow. Well, the the one rally that we you know, that one a few weeks ago now, it was a bloody good rally. Mm, it um, was, and uh, you know uh, we went instead of size because of the time we pulled it on, which was lunchtime on a Friday, so we knew we were going to get many people. But we decided we'd go for that time because the media would come, and indeed they did. We got on every media mm. media platform. This time around, um, I think they will come because they'll know that um, quite a few people will end up in in jail. Uh, And uh, we've got to say at the moment, um, badge of honour, bring it on. Yeah, all right. Um, 9.56. So anything to add to that then at all? Because we've... Uh, no, no. Is that no. it? That, that, that's I, I, it. I reckon that's about it. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's take it to the streets. <laughs> all right. That's left you in the lurch, hasn't it? <laughs> it has, it has. Well, I just wanted to... Um, Do you want well, a little update on Earthworker? Oh, yeah, okay. Give us an update. I was about to raise something else, but it's not unrelated. But go on. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. so uh, Earthworker Cooperative. So the we moved now out of the uh, into a bigger factory in Morwell. Um, had its first AGM uh, last week. Uh, some people have already come around from Hazelwood now uh, to the factory and uh, a, a couple of them are on the new board uh, that was established at the AGM last Friday. So very, very encouraging. Um, the business plan now is completed and uh, next steps are off to state government to talk about procurement into public housing uh, so that the lowest income families are the first ones to, you know, Receive that, then back to unions to talk about letters of attachment to the enterprise bargaining agreements that unions and employers negotiate, where the worker can take as part of the wage rise the products that the worker-owned factories make. So we're sort of at a pretty exciting stage Mm. now. Um, It's all on the cusp. Uh, This is the furthest the project's ever been able to come, Uh, and this is year 20. So uh, 97, we we kicked it off. so we're we're on track, and uh, yeah, we're we'll just got to keep it keep it up. It, well, look in October, we'll 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 get you in again, and we 
say the fourth Wednesday or so of October, which is one of those days like today when we don't have a specific subject on this program, mm. um, and we'll update on all that because we'll, we'll update on obviously how the campaign at the market's going, which will be in full flight by that time. Indeed, yes. Um, and because there's some really interesting stuff there with Earthworker, Might obviously. require a custodial yeah. visit, but uh, yes, you yes. Can, you can... <laughs> that's right. Well, <laughs> we, we, if they let you have the mobile if, in if the cell. If it's low security, <laughs> if it's low security, I might be able... Well, America does call them cell phones, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll give you a call. <laughs> okay, look, it's 9.58. Joe Toscano is going to be wandering in shortly with um, good, the good version of anarchism, as um, Dave called it earlier. And, um, Dave, thanks for coming in. Thanks very much, Kevin. All right, good now, at this stage, you've been as guest and uh, ad co-presenter. Thank Andy for doing a wonderful Good job. on you, Andy. Well done. No worries. Always a pleasure. Very interesting. Cheers. And tell listeners, by the way, that next week, it's the first Wednesday, therefore, it's Transport with John McPherson. Tell them that. Go on. Next week, Transport with John McPherson. Beautifully said. Okay, thanks. Mm-hmm.